if we keep repeating the same cycles over and over again. And this is the life that we've created for ourselves because we're meeting our own needs. It's crazy to think that we can still meet our own needs. When do we stop and realize that I can't do this myself? I need someone, something bigger than me to help me sort this out, to bring order out of my chaos, to restore my sanity. Has your marriage been shattered by sexual betrayal? Are you wondering if it's possible to save your marriage, or even if you want to? Your story matters, and there is hope for your marriage through Christ Jesus. Welcome to Beyond Broken Vows podcast. I'm Johnny. I'm Emily. And friends, we've been where you are. Our marriage vows were shattered by adultery fueled by pornography. But through a commitment to recovery, our faith in God, and our hope for redemption, we set out on a journey of healing. Now our marriage is better than we ever could have imagined, and we give God all the glory. On our show, we'll talk through difficult topics, infidelity, porn addiction, recovery, and more. So if you're ready to move from pain-filled todays into hope-filled tomorrows, grab your favorite beverage and spend a little time with us. Marriage is redeemed. Hearts renewed. On Beyond Broken Vows podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Beyond Broken Vows podcast. We're so glad that you joined us today. Yes, thank you so much for listening. And we love hearing from you guys. So as always, email us at support at beyondbrokenvows.com. And before we get into our topic today, we want you to know that our coaching program, Beyond Betrayal Breakthrough, has gone live. And you can find it on our website at coaching.beyondbrokenvows.com, where you can schedule a coaching session with me or Johnny or both of us. Hey, friends, the fear that you're never going to get over the pain of betrayal and that your marriage will never be what you'd hoped for is so real right now. You're feeling stuck, not knowing how to fix your marriage, devastated by your destructive behaviors. We know you're asking yourself questions like, can I forgive his betrayal and ever trust him again? Is there any chance that I can move beyond my persistent sexual integrity issues to become the man that I started out to be? Is there hope for our marriage? Is connection and true intimacy even possible? These are questions that we asked ourselves when infidelity fueled by pornography shattered our marriage. We want you to understand that you are not alone and that there is hope. Every couple that has experienced a shattered marriage through sexual betrayal has felt what you are feeling right now. Yes, and every great redemption story starts with surrender. You're tired of trying to do this on your own, and you know in your knower that you need to give it all over to God and start moving forward, but you just don't know how or where to start. You're ready to say, I don't want to live in this pain anymore. I don't want to hurt my spouse anymore. I'm done with fear. I'm done with passivity. I'm going to step forward in faith and declare that with help, God can lead me on a path of forgiveness and recovery to a marriage full of connection and true intimacy. We want you to say yes. Today's the day. So go right now to coaching.beyondbrokenvows.com. With a shared experience and a marriage that did not just survive, but is thriving, we want to come alongside you and do this together. With God in the center, you'll find the healing and restoration that you've been searching for. So let's do this. Go right now to coaching.beyondbrokenvows.com. That's coaching.beyondbrokenvows.com. And we have five spots left in November at a great discount of 25% off coaching with us. Schedule your spot today and let's get started. So if you were here with us last week, you might recall that we went through the first step in the Sex Addicts Anonymous 12-step recovery program. 
And so, Johnny, do you want to remind us what that first step is? Yes, that first step states, I admitted that I was powerless over my addiction and that my life had become unmanageable. Yes, so if you want to go back and listen to that episode from last week, we laid out the whole step there. But today we're going to go through step number two. That's right, Emily. And step two says, I came to believe that a power greater than myself could restore me to sanity. Just as I did last week, this week I want to again share from the Green Book of Recovery from Sex Addicts Anonymous just a few things that it has to say about step two. Okay, great. Step two offers hope that sanity is possible, and at the same time, it implies that in our addiction that we were insane. Our insanity manifested in many ways. We would often put our addiction first and everything else second. We may have placed ourselves in dangerous situations or taken terrible risks, and the more we denied our addiction and its consequences, the less we were in touch with reality. To be restored to sanity is to rediscover the spiritual nature we have always had but was hidden by the insanity of our addiction. We may be so used to self-reliance as the only way of functioning in the world that we resisted the notion of any power greater than ourselves. We can start to open ourselves to the idea by considering the forces that are clearly more powerful than we are, such as nature, society, or even our addiction. When we recognize that our own power is limited, we can more readily acknowledge the possibility of a higher power. Thank you for sharing that, Johnny. Would you go ahead and open us up in prayer before we go any further with that? Yes, I will. Father, thank you for this day that we have. This is the day that you have made. And when we choose to walk in recovery, we're choosing to engage with you in ways that maybe we never have considered before. So today, as we understand that there is somebody greater than ourselves who can restore us to sanity, we can focus our mind on the very nature of who you are and your ability to restore us to a place of stability. We ask, Lord, that you would be with us as we walk through this particular step today and for this message to be heard by those who need to hear it. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Johnny, so much for praying for us. And I'm really excited to get into this step two. What you just read out of the Green Book is very compelling, but can you go ahead and break it down for us a little bit? Yes, I will. Again, I just wanted to say step two states that I came to believe that a power greater than myself could restore me to sanity. So as you can hear in that statement, there are two ideas at work here. The first of which is the idea of coming to believe that there is a power out there that is greater than you. And you may ask, why is that important to understand? Well, the answer to that is simply that we as addicts, we tend to isolate. We tend to think that the only way for us to get what we want or to have our needs met is for us to do it by ourselves. When we get so self-absorbed, it's very easy to get off track. We started off well, meaning well. We wanted to do great things, but as we faced the struggles of life, we found it very difficult and we started defining our own way of making things happen. And that's where we got a little bit off track and then we started moving into the behaviors that led us into our addiction. So all of us tend to struggle with the idea of self-sufficiency, especially here in America. Right. You know, we're very independently minded people. And depending on God, 
is not as easy as you would think when we feel like we have everything under control. But you said as addicts, you have that attitude, but it probably goes a little bit deeper. Yes, it does certainly go deeper because we believe that we are absolutely the end of ourselves and that nobody else can meet our needs for us. We even stop looking beyond ourselves for having our needs met. And so the very idea that there is a power greater than ourselves out there sometimes can just be missed. If you can come to a place where you can acknowledge that there is something bigger than you, then you can start to understand that you have a need for a higher power. So as a Christian, honey, you know that God is bigger than you, and you've always known that since you became a Christian. Yet in your addiction, how did that work? Did you just put him in a category or in a box where he was in charge of certain things and uh, you didn't really let him? I mean, the way that you talked about your relationship with Jesus all through our marriage, you had a close relationship with him and you knew he was bigger than you. You knew he was the creator of the universe. And so how does this relate to you as a Christian being self-sufficient and that you're the only one that can meet your needs? Right. So for me, as a Christian man, I could understand that God could do all those things, but that was for everybody else. He could do everything for everybody else, but why would he do them for me? And that was my low self-worth talking. I didn't feel that I had enough value to God. Even as a ministry leader, I could not fathom that God would do those things for me. So at the same time then, I was not believing that he could meet my needs. So you could teach it to others that he was all sufficient for you and that he can meet your needs, but you couldn't believe it for yourself. That's right. And I've mentioned before that where I got stuck was that I was ready to accept the salvation that came through Jesus at the cross, but I couldn't accept the lordship. I wouldn't let him have every part of my life. And when I finally did that, then things really changed for me. It really hit me very, very hard. It was very hard for me to come to that realization that I had not made Jesus the Lord of my life. And so coming to understand that made him bigger to me. I needed to learn that he likes me just for who I am, not for what I do, that he loves me truly, and he forgives me. And those things started really settling in when I understood once and for all that he is a power that's bigger than me. I cannot meet my needs, and he can do all of it. So as the book implied, Emily, that in our addiction, not only do we need to come to believe that there's a power greater than ourselves, but that we were also insane. And it also said that in our addictions, when we were so focused on ourselves and moving into riskier and riskier behaviors, and the more that we did that, we were losing touch with reality. So in that sense, we had become insane. How did that insanity play out with you as an addict? Well, as an addict, it becomes the idea that you're doing the same thing over and over again, and somehow you're expecting a different result. Many of us have heard that quote attributed to Albert Einstein. And when I would act out, I would believe that it would relieve this tension, this pressure, and then I could move on. And this time would be the last time and I wouldn't need it anymore. 
and then I would immediately go right back to it, immediately meaning within a day. Sometimes by the end of the day, sometimes it would be a couple of days, but inevitably I would return to it, and every time I returned to it, it would just get a little bit worse each time. It's like a, another nail going in each time into the coffin of the death of Johnny. Wow, that's a powerful picture. Yes, and it's one that's hard to get out of. And we think that if we're insane and we keep repeating the same cycles over and over again, and this is the life that we've created for ourselves because we're meeting our own needs, it's crazy to think that we can still meet our own needs. When do we stop and realize that I can't do this myself? I need someone, something bigger than me to help me sort this out, to bring order out of my chaos to restore my sanity. And when did that happen for you, honey? For me, it really came when I confessed. That was really the first step. And I say confess, I really mean disclose, because I was caught. I wasn't courageous enough to be that man that would confess of his own volition, seeking to get out of his addiction on his own. I got caught. I got busted and I needed to give full disclosure in order to be able to set my life right again, to start that path. And I just wanted to say that when it comes to a higher power, for some folks in recovery, that higher power can be the collective wisdom of the group meeting that they attend. As everybody speaks into the topic and how sex addiction interacted with their lives and how it affected their families and how recovery is helping them sort all that out. Because we're all unique individuals, we can see the same thing differently from another person. And because we were created uniquely by God, we express it differently with different words, with different ideas. And so as we all speak into that with our shares at our meeting, this collective wisdom grows and you have the ability to learn just by listening. It's a brave thing to share your own ideas because there are times inside of an addict's head he may know that he's crazy, but he doesn't want to confirm that he's crazy by speaking the crazy thoughts and thinking that people are going to look at you and go, huh? But that's actually not the way it goes in a recovery meeting. When you get your time to speak, you get to say exactly what it is on your heart to say, and nobody is going to say anything except for, thank you for sharing that with me. Because every time we take the brave step to share what's on our mind with the group, we add into that collective wisdom, and we gain a little more integrity and honor for ourselves, some more courage for ourselves that we didn't have before. That's wonderful. I'm sure that's a very comforting feeling to be accepted in a group, mm -hmm. no matter what you say. Absolutely. And I think the last thing I wanted to share with regard to a higher power is that God can work with us. If we call him the God of our understanding or we call him our higher power at this point, this might be the very first time that you're starting to consider that there is something or somebody greater than you. You're thinking outside of yourself, and you're now willing to make changes. And I believe that that's the part that God can work with. Then you get to do that for the rest of your life. And the closer you stay to God, the more you're going to grow. 
That's wonderful. And I can see that collective wisdom really working in your life and the results of it. So I'm very grateful for that. And you and I get many occasions where we can talk about what I have learned in those meetings, things that I've learned from other people's perspectives. That's right. And it really helps me to know that my husband isn't the only insane one. (laughs) (laughs) Right. It's like misery loves company kind of thing, I guess. Yes, but so does recovery. Yes, absolutely. So what does the Bible have to say about all of this, sweetie? Well, in Romans 8, 37 through 39 in the NIV, it says this, In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, neither anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. I find this passage to be incredibly powerful and meaningful to me to understand that even though I was a Christian man saved by God over 30 years ago, it didn't matter how far down I went. There was nothing that was going to separate him from me and nothing that I could do would separate me from him. Yes, that's comforting. Yes. So in our meetings each week, as we end our time of sharing and we're starting to wrap the meeting up, we have a passage that one of us will read to the group each week that's called The Promises. And I wanted to share that with our listeners today. These are the promises. If we are painstaking about this phase of our development, we will be amazed before we are halfway through. We are going to know a new freedom and a new happiness. We will not regret the past nor wish to shut the door on it. We will comprehend the word serenity and we will know peace. No matter how far down the scale we have gone, we will see how our experience can benefit others. That feeling of uselessness and self-pity will disappear. We will lose interest in selfish things and gain interest in our fellows. Self-seeking will slip away. Our whole attitude and outlook upon life will change. Fear of people and of economic security will leave us. We will intuitively know how to handle situations which used to baffle us. We will suddenly realize that God is doing for us what we could not do for ourselves. Are these extravagant promises? We think not. They are being fulfilled among us, sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly, but they always materialize if we work for them. Yes, I love those promises. And the key in all of that is that you work for them. That's correct. And I see you doing that. I see you working hard. And I am forever grateful for that. Thank you. Emily, as we start to bring this episode to a close, would you pray us out? Sure, I'd love to. God, you are amazing. Your provision for us is incredible. Whenever we fall, you pick us up. You set our feet on the path that you want us to be on, but you don't leave us there by ourselves to figure it out on our own. You've given us your word. You've given us Holy Spirit. You've given us groups of other people who have had those experiences that we've had who can share our pain and our burdens. All of these things, Father, are gifts from you, and we thank you today for the abundance of your love and your grace and mercy that helps us to live a life of freedom and victory in you. We praise your name, and we ask for those who are listening 
that they can find the hope in Jesus that we have found, the recovery that we have also found in this 12-step program, and that you would lead and guide them each in the way that they should go. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Emily, we have looked at steps one and step two. In step one, we admitted that we were powerless and that our lives were out of control. That leads us into step two, where we're ready to have somebody bigger than us to restore sanity to our lives. Now that we have these two steps in place, it's time to move on to step three. I'm looking forward to revealing the next step in the progress to recovery. Yes, that'll be in a couple of weeks because next week we'll have a special Thanksgiving episode. So here are some things that you can do for this week. Now that we have learned that there is a power greater than ourselves that can restore us to sanity, take some time, talk to God, ask him to reveal himself to you, and he promises to reveal himself to those who are seeking him. That's so true. And before we go, I just wanted to remind you that if you need some help with these steps or anything that you are struggling with in your marriage, go ahead and book that call with us at coaching.beyondbrokenvows.com. We would love to help you walk this journey. And just as a general reminder, you don't have to do this alone. May the peace of God that transcends all understanding guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So until next time, marriage is redeemed, hearts renewed on Beyond Broken Vows podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. And before you go, if this podcast encouraged you and you're feeling some hope for today, please share this show with someone else you know who is going through a similar situation and needs to know that they're not alone. One of the best ways that you can help us reach more people is to leave us a five-star written review on Apple Podcasts. And don't forget to hit subscribe so you don't miss out on upcoming episodes. And as always, we would love to hear from you with questions and comments. Just email us at support at beyondbrokenvows.com. As you walk out this journey one day at a time, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May he lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.